Okay, we are back again after a bit of a hiatus uh, here at Logical and Right. That is right with a W, as in Wright County. And today we have Dale Witherington, who is the founder and creator of Restore Minnesota. Um, and before I turn it over to him, I had two stories that I think are somewhat relevant. Um, uh, as to what he'll be talking about. Um, apparently this morning, my daughter asked my, or told my wife that you were in the military. Were you in the military? I was not in the military. Okay. <laughs> but uh, how this is relevant is she, uh, she told my wife that you were in the military, and then she said, and what do we say to people in the military? We tell them, thank you for your service. And I thought, well, that's probably a pretty decent track to have her on to become a conservative. Amen to that. Yeah. Later in life. And she knows that uh, specifically military and police, yeah. we tell, thank you for your service. They put their lives on, their, on the life force every day. Yep. Um, and that is obviously not a gratitude that you see um, as often these days coming from the left. <laughs> um yep and then uh and then the other story was last night i was in the kitchen and um she yells to me she was uh, it was another <laughs> there seemed to be more and more of these uh special nights where she gets to watch movies okay uh but she was watching a movie out there in the living room and i was in the kitchen and she uh she says to me, Dad, do we need to pump more or less oil? And I said, well, because we've been talking about why are things so expensive? Yes. Uh, and she said, why do we need to, or do we need to pump more or less oil? And I said, well, it would be nice if we were pumping more because then everything would be cheaper. And she goes, why? Well, I, I think we need to pump less, even though for a while now I had been telling her we should be pumping more oil. And I come out here, and the movie she is watching, it was some animated, you know, digitally animated that we've watched before. I think it was called Bigfoot. And sure enough, um, the villain is an oil drill, is, is a big oil baron. Oh, goodness. And, okay. the, uh, and the whole entire forest that the animals are in has puddles of oil everywhere because... Obviously, that's what happens when you pump oil, right? A whole entire forest just drowns in pumping it from the forest because <laughs> it drowns in oil. And the and obviously the head of the oil company was a uh, southern accented, you know, redneck. Uh, and I said, "Oh man!" And how I feel like these both play into it is uh, you have to be on guard for all of this insanity that is being pushed on the children. And if you're not paying attention, <laughs> stuff like that will happen. And I thought that was the absolute perfect uh, depiction of me telling her one thing and then her watching a movie and seeing something else and tending to go towards the movie. Um, but where I feel like you come in um, is your attempts now to restore some sanity to Minnesota in uh, in everything that you're doing. So I would say, uh, take it away. Tell us your, about yourself, where you grew up, uh, how you came to do what you're doing now, how you thought of the idea to start this. Um, and I'm going to see while you talk if I can get that chew toy away from my dog because I'm guessing it might be showing up in the background. Take it away, Dale. Well, Gruesome is uh, enjoying her chew toy. Uh, so I'm Dale Witherington. I'm the uh, Chief Steward of Restore Minnesota. Daniel, it's great to be with you, so thank, thank you for having me on. Uh, Restore Minnesota started back in 2012 when I became a chaplain and pastor to our state legislature here in Minnesota. My background prior to that uh, had been a mixture of being in business uh, working in corporate settings as well as pastoring churches. It just kind of blended together over the course of years. But it, it set the course and opened the door to become uh, a state minister uh, 
through an organization that was based on the East Coast. They, they place pastors as voluntary or missionary chaplains, if you will, to legislators. And it was on uh, the last night of session 2013. Uh, so that was my very first session. Uh, they were wrapping up a biennium, which means they, by, cons by constitutional uh, law, I guess, they needed to wrap up before midnight, before it went into the next day. And I'd never seen our legislature wrap things up. So I thought, okay, well, let's see how they do this. So my <laughs> wife and I went down there. Uh, the Senate was in the chambers. We were up in the uh, gallery. Just my wife, me, and the uh, sergeant-in-arms. And when I'm there, uh, I'm there to be praying for our legislators. Uh, quietly, I'm standing with my eyes open. Okay, go back a little bit because we just lost uh, the plug into the mic. So a little technical challenge based on my mistake here, folks. So my wife and I were in the gallery at the Senate. And when I'm there, I'm there to pray silently. Uh, of course, you know, they're doing their work. Um, and I'm not there to interfere, so I'm up in the gallery. But I'm standing at the rail uh, looking at the Senate, and I'm looking at different senators because when I pray there, I'm praying with my eyes open so I can see who I'm praying for. And without going into great detail, that's when the seeds were planted for Restore Minnesota. Now, in that particular session, um, our legislature passed what I consider to be three bills that turned out to be horrific. Um, but they got my attention because I was supposed to be there initially as a nonpartisan, non-political person. And I discovered that the three bills I'm about to mention um, didn't allow me to do that. Because the first bill that got passed in 2013 that really got my attention was, uh, that was the year that our government decided to redefine marriage. Uh, marriage has always been, and God defines it as um, between one man and one woman for life. And in 2013, we passed a law to approve same-sex marriage. Uh, we also passed a bill that year that was the largest tax increase in the history of the state of Minnesota. And we passed the bill to unionize in-home private childcare, although that had to be modified the following year because of the outrage that bill created. Uh, those three bills really got my attention. I had to do a little bit deeper dive because for me, these were not just political issues, Daniel. These, these were biblical, moral issues. And they were attacks, every one of them were attacks against the family. Uh, and the family is, is the core of our society. So I started doing a little bit deeper dive um, and I didn't know what restore Minnesota meant. I didn't, okay, what did these words, what does that mean? And then we got introduced to a, a piece of legislation that was going to be passed in 2014 if we didn't stop it. And that bill was called the Minnesota Safe and Supportive School Act, which is also known as the anti-bullying bill. And we went out speaking, a number of us went out speaking against the bill. And of course, the, the first thing was, it's an anti-bullying bill and you're against it. So does that mean you're for bullying? <laughs> uh, no, it means that the bill had nothing to do with bullying. We told people that if that bill passed, we would see men wanting to start have access to women's public bathrooms. Uh, we would see biological males want to shower with biological females in their locker rooms. Uh, the, the biological males would want to play on the biological female sports teams. If they were an overnight traveling team, you could have a biological male sharing a bed with a biological female because you put four kids to a room. Uh, we would see a rise in the transgender movement and we would see pedophiles want to have the same civil rights status as the rest of the LGBT community. And the further we got away from the Twin Cities, of course, the more conservative Minnesota is. This is really a conservative state, except for a couple small areas. Uh, it's just the population and the crookedness, and we can get to that later, <laughs> that has kept this state blue. Um, but the further we got away from the cities, the more people would say, as I was holding up the bill, they would say, Witherington, you're crazy. And I say, well, I know that, but it doesn't change the content of the bill. Um, the sad thing is, of course, they passed that bill in 2014, and all the things that we said would happen if the bill passed 
have clearly happened. Mm-hmm. That's bad enough by itself. All four of those are bad enough by themselves. You know, the, the left has been so organized um, and so evil with their intent for so long uh, that it, it's like a, an octopus with a hundred tentacles and, and every issue is a different tentacle. And if you cut one issue off, they grow two of them back. They're, yeah. they're, they're ready to go. But I did a deeper dive on those four issues and I discovered that those four bills, just four bills, correspond directly to 18 of 45 written goals by the American Communist Party <laughs> to turn America into a communist nation. Mm-hmm. Now, in 2013, I couldn't talk about socialism, I couldn't talk about communism, but I could talk about their common thread. And the common thread of socialism and communism is godlessness, mm-hmm. uh, at least God, the creator God. What they want to do is replace God by government and call government God. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to do a lot of speaking, particularly churches in Minnesota, to help people understand that the objective that was going on legislatively was actually to remove God from the culture. And of course, here it is, 2022, and for the last eight years, we have seen continuous attacks on religious liberty. It's one of the strongest attacks going on in our country today. Um, in 2016, Bernie Sanders came on, on the scene, and all of a sudden it was popular to start talking about socialism. So now I could talk about socialism, but from the standpoint of its dangers. And I come from a generation that understands the dangers of communism and socialism. Um, my, my parents' age group, they're the ones who fought mm-hmm. in World War II. They're the ones who, had, who, who took on the communist onslaught and fought to defeat the beast. And unfortunately, in today's generation, um, we, we've been free for so long that we're not teaching the evils of socialism. In fact, in Minnesota right now, there's uh, pending legislation that's going to require every teacher who's licensed in the state of Minnesota to subscribe to and agree with a Marxist, socialist, communist philosophy, and that it's to permeate our school systems. So the attack on our kids, on our families, from the socialist group. Uh, so they're not Democrats anymore, and they haven't been since 1944. Um, since 1944, they have been the socialist party. They've just been hiding under the name Democrats. And here I am, a pastor, and a lot of people say, well, you're a pastor, you shouldn't be involved in politics. Or they'll say things like, there's two things you never talk about, politics and religion. And my <laughs> response is, whoever told you that? What? Tell me two subjects that are more important to talk about than what we believe and how we turn our beliefs into law. That's politics and religion. Uh, it's meant to, to govern our society. So every bit of legislation represents somebody's moral position. And if we don't have righteous people in leadership, the Bible says in Proverbs 29:2, when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. When the wicked rule, the people groan. So my question to your listeners is, in the last two, three years, uh, since the election of 2020, have you done more rejoicing or more groaning? Um, who's in the leadership? What is the direction of the leadership of this state and this country? Um, we had a period of time when, whether you liked the man or not, we had a four-year period of time where more was done to promote freedom in America to mm-hmm. promote freedom in lifestyle, to promote prosperity, to promote safety, uh, to defend the Constitution of the United States. Um, and that man was vilified, uh, even though his administration accomplished more for America than maybe any other um, administration, at least in my lifetime. And I was a kid when Ronald Reagan was, was leading the country. Um, and he's always been the, the stalwart for conservatism. Mm-hmm. Um, the shift in our thinking through the school system, through the political system, and especially through the um, really evil teachers union. National Education Association, the teachers unions in most any state are pushing a very evil socialistic agenda um, that basically says if you're a parent, Uh, we have more right to your kids than you do. When they're on our campuses, we own the kids, you don't. Um, If if your listeners would actually take 
10 minutes and read the 45 goals of the Communist Party and connect the dots, it will not be hard to connect the dots to see why we have come to where we are today and why we are fighting for the soul of the nation that we are today. And coming into the midterm elections here in November, uh, the importance of cleaning up the corruption in the state of Minnesota with, with some of its areas of corruption in the vote. And there are going to be some who, are, who just responded and maybe shut me off because I just said that. Um, the, if they go to the Democratic Party web, website, or especially if they go to the Secretary of State website, um, it will say that we are the envy of the nation, that we've got the cleanest, fairest elections in the country. Um, boy, that's not true when other people from others, from others looking from the outside in look at Minnesota. And when I travel the state of Minnesota um, and I ask people, what are your concerns? Uh, inevitably, one of the top three concerns is always the integrity of our elections. And uh, the people uh, who, who hear the uh, Secretary of State's website or read that website say that uh, uh, we're the envy of the nation. Those words are actually on that website. Uh, the people I talk to say we're not the envy of the nation. We're the scum of the nation. And it is a socialistic grab um, to, to reduce your freedoms, to not allow you to um, lead your family the way you believe you should lead your family, uh, and the policies and legislation that is coming, uh, if we don't stop it, that is more tyrannical than the executive orders that we got from uh, Tim Walls back in 2020 and 2021. Uh, things, things are not headed in the right direction unless we flip the state this time around. And I'm cautious in saying that because I don't come here to sit with you as a Republican or a Democrat. I come here to, as, as an American citizen who is very concerned about freedom, about liberty, and about abiding by our Constitution. I will tell you, I have been told by the Democrats, particularly when it comes to the First Amendment, they don't care about the Constitution. They don't care about our constitutional rights. They've told me that to my face. Um, they care about other things that are not constitutional, but they have an agenda. So we are fighting for our Constitution, which means we're fighting for our freedom and our liberty. So all that, you know, you've let me go on for quite a while here. I'm probably raising in your mind at least some other thoughts or questions that you want to shoot at me or in knowing your constituents, if they were alive, that they'd want to shoot at me. So what am I saying that's on your mind here? Uh, I want to point out that <laughs> the, fur, the, the shirt that I was wearing when you first <laughs> came up to me and said, I like your shirt, um, says, make Orwell fiction again. Mm -hmm. um, and... Also point out that the left's most favorite president of their entire lifetime, I believe in what, 20 or 2006, 2004, 2006, basically any time before 2008, was also opposed to gay marriage. Yes. <laughs> as was so Hillary he said. Clinton. Yeah. Uh, as was so many before until it became politically expedient and... Uh, yeah, like the Orwellian, especially today, the Orwellian things that are going on where in the schools, uh, they've said one thing forever or they've said or they've said something now that now means something different is so terrifying that inflation used to mean this. Well, we've got 200... Uh, We've got 200 economists that say no. Um, I mean, the list could go on. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, you you talk as long as you want about whatever. Uh, I just, yeah, that, that made me think of the, it made me think of my shirt and then how scary the Orwellian type things that are going on in the schools uh, when you brought up those bills that got passed and how People said you were crazy, but look at where we're at today. I mean, it, 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 but what I've been saying for a long time is the left does not have any idea what a stop sign is. So should someone who thinks differently, who's attracted to somebody of the country is not, should, should we ridicule and put them in a corner? No, but... Where does the left take that? The left takes that to now you are transphobic if you are gay, but you don't want to date 
a man that thinks he's a woman. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's they're, like, they're really good at, at stealing words and phrases and redefining them. Now, you've used the word scary two or three times. You mentioned your shirt. I love it. Make Orwell fiction again. <laughs> um, I've got a shirt that says, fear is not a virtue. So you opened up with, uh, with a couple stories. Let me give a story here, a little background, uh, so that your listeners don't have to um, cower in fear, uh, but we actually have um, some strength on our side, and, and we've actually got victory on our side if we don't cower in fear. When I was in college, uh, I was one of the few in the nation that, you know, there, there, there were many who do this, but percentage-wise, I guess few in the nation. I got to play college football, and I played... In California? No, here in Minnesota. Oh. So I, I got to play college football, and I played on defense primarily. Uh, it was my job, and it was the job of the defense or of the team when we showed up for camp about this time of year, August. Uh, we'd show up for our two weeks of camp. We were expected to show up in good physical shape, and we were expected to know our team's playbook inside and out because for the rest of the year, we would be preparing for our upcoming opponent the next Saturday. So we wouldn't study our playbook. We would study our opponent's playbook. So my job as a defender was to study the offense of, of the team we're going to play on Saturday. Mm -hmm. That way, when our defensive unit hit the field and the offense lined up against us, we would know immediately every play they could run from that, that setup, if you will, and if they audibled, if they changed their formation, we needed to know immediately the plays they could run then. Well, the fact that we studied their playbook made us prepared so when we walked on the field, we had no fear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we, there, the, the fear would have come if we did not know our opposition's playbook. Let's uh, turn that now into the political arena. You mentioned Barack Obama. You mentioned Hillary Clinton. Their playbook was written by their mentor, a gentleman by the name of Saul Alinsky. He wrote the book back in the 60s. The book is called Rules for Radicals. Mm -hmm. Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama became his star pupils in carrying out the playbook on how to change a society, and Barack Obama did it. He's probably the, the most race-baiting president. Well, he is. In my lifetime, he's the most race-baiting president in the history of my lifetime. He created the racial divide, in my opinion. Um, he, he, he created the move towards socialism more than any president in our history. Uh, he might still be doing that. That book on the dedication page is dedicated to Lucifer. Lucifer is Satan. Mm -hmm. Now, whether your listeners believe in Satan or not is really inconsequential. Saul Alinsky did. And he, he dedicated his book to the devil and his two best students, Clinton and Obama, were brought up on a book dedicated to the devil. Now, the devil is the father of lies, amongst other things. Uh, in my world, the Bible says that the thief, the devil, comes to kill, steal, and destroy. <laughs> well, what has been the, the track record of that regime? Uh, what have they stolen from you? You talk about inflation. Uh, what about the tax law that just got passed? Uh, if they can't get you through inflation, they're going to get you through the Inflation Reduction Act, or is it really the <laughs> yeah. Inflation Increase Act? Um, they're going to attack the families with a, a redefinition of marriage again. It, it's, it's not the respect for marriage bill. It's the disrespect for marriage bill. They, they conjure up words. They call themselves progressives. There is nothing progressive about them. They are the most regressive mindset. And the regression is to fall into the trap of the father of lies to whom they've dedicated themselves. Now, to be clear, am I calling everybody on that side of the aisle Satanists? So for the sake of your listeners, no, that's not what I'm saying. 
What I am saying is that the playbook, whether they know it or not, whether the people on that side realize it or not, the people leading that movement, their playbook is dedicated to Satan. And that, that playbook is dedicated to destroying freedom and liberty and constitutionalism in America. That's where the fight is. Um, so it's a spiritual battle for those of, you, of your listeners who have a spiritual background, particularly a biblical worldview background. Um, that, that's an important thing to understand. But it's, it's demonstrated in the political realm because it's the political realm that creates legislation that impacts every other aspect of our society. Uh, politics can be really ugly and dirty, and it is much of the time. Unfortunately, what that has meant is too many churches have said, because it's dirty, because it's ugly, we're going to pull out of it. Well, how do you raise righteous leaders to lead a nation if you as a church pulls out of raising up the righteous leaders mm -hmm. to, to lead the nation politically? Um, we've got to understand that God ordained three institutions. The first institution is the family. The second institution, I'll use the generic term, the church, but it's, it's the instrument by which you can get the scriptures into the family so the family can be raised on a biblical worldview. Now, for those of your listeners who don't agree with a biblical worldview, let me toss out um, just some, some values of how about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, mercy, self-control, respect, dignity, honoring other people, um, protecting the lives of others. These would be values that reflect a biblical worldview. So if you don't like biblical worldview, just tell me which of those values you don't like uh, and which one you want us to get rid of, because uh, we won't, but, but it helps define where we're at. So if the church is meant to get those values into the home, uh, if the church is meant to help you be a more godly man and a more godly father, more godly husband, uh, I mean, you've got a great family and you, and you, want, to, you want to take care of them well. So that's the role of the church or of the scriptures. The third institution that God gave us was government. And the role of government is to bring moral order to society through the rule of law in America. The question is, from where does our government get its morality? Well, if you read the Declaration of Independence, if you read the Constitution, if you study the lives of the Founding Fathers, the number one source of morality in the Declaration of the Constitution happens to come from the Bible. That's verifiable fact. That's not opinion. That's fact. So our government is meant to operate on biblical values. Now, it's, it's, the government's not a church. The government's not the religious institution. But every government operates on some philosophical basis. And it just so happens that our government's philosophical basis is primarily der uh, derived from the Bible. And so it is supposed to be biblical values that then lends itself to what goes into our laws so that we can live under peace, safety, prosperity, security, those kinds of things that are supposed to be guaranteed in the Constitution. Our current form of government is meant to do that, but the current leaders in our government are trying to deny we the people of those things because they want to tell us they have a better way, a more utopian way, and that we must give up our rights to let them lead us and take those rights from us and uh, you know you're wearing the orwell shirt you know so we all think in 1984 i'm thinking the book animal farm that said <laughs> so all great. the animals are equal but some animals are more equal than others mm -hmm. that's what's going on with our government and we have got to vote those people out and we've got to vote people in who will actually represent the will of the American people, which is basically stay out of our lives and let us live in peace and freedom. Let us have our jobs. Let us live our lives. Let us pursue the, the, the course that God gave us to pursue. And you are there as a governing body to serve us. We've forgotten the concept of servant leadership in our country. Um, we, we've got too much of a power grab going on, and that's true in either party. That's why I'm, I'm saying I'm not here to promote the Republicans or the Democrats. I will tell you this, though, as my experience as a pastor at our state, couple, uh, uh, our state capitol. Um, 
the Democratic Party, which is really the Socialist Party, is doing everything it can to shut down the voice of anybody who wants to represent a biblical worldview or anything having to do with God. And by God, I mean Jesus Christ, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's God to me. Uh, they'll do anything they can to shut that down. The Republican Party still at least gives those people a voice. Um, doesn't necessarily always go along with it, but, but that's not the demand. That's not even what we're asking. But at least it continues to give followers of Christ a voice, and they're not um, denigrated for it. They're not abused for it. But you get them on the House floor right now because the House is run by the socialists. The abuse, the aggressive nature, the uh, the bold uh, animosity that the socialists are showing anybody who's uh, conservative, specifically conservative Christians, has gone overboard because they've been emboldened because of the Biden administration carrying out a socialistic policy. They're going to grab everything they can. It's time for we the people to dig in our, our heels and say, oh no you won't, no more. We are going to stand up to you. You are evil, you have an evil agenda, and you're the bully, you're the race baiters, you're the racists, you're the haters, all the things you want to throw to the right, you throw to the right to try to deflect the fact that that's who you really are. So we're going to stand up to that. We're not going to allow you to do that anymore. And we're going to come back at you and we are going to restore righteousness in Minnesota. We are going to restore that which is true, that's right, that's just, that's loving. And what the other side does real well is they want to separate love from truth, justice, and righteousness. And you can't do that we are going to work as a people to restore those things together. Uh, <clears throat> so anyone that knows me growing up okay. knows that I have always been conservative, um, even before I knew what it was. I would say I'm a conservative libertarian. Okay. Uh, but I grew up in a family that was not very religious, so I never found religion. I'm starting to appreciate it more. And as I told you, our daughter is in Catholic school. Yeah. Uh, for one, because I have a brother that's been a teacher in St. Louis Park for 23 years, and it is an absolute disaster. And I've talked about this many times. But when Father Myers uh, here at St. Francis asked me why uh, my daughter was going to school or why we wanted to get her baptized, because we got her baptized a little late, I told him that, well, <clears throat> I'm not particularly religious, but what I have found is that this seems to be, and a school like this that she's going, that she's going to, seems to be a great foundation to learn how to treat others well yeah and uh and he surprisingly maybe he was just uh you know blowing smoke at me but he surprisingly was like uh i real i like that and, and so i guess uh as someone who has always been a conservative and which tends to usually lean more religious and as you have just talked about uh i mean right now the left seems to absolutely abhor any type of well, <laughs> abhor Christianity. Yeah, they want to be the freedom from religion group. I mean, that's that's the name of a group uh, out of uh, Madison, Wisconsin, freedom from religion. Uh, but yeah, that just you talking about that made me think of how um, if you how saying if you don't want to use the term biblical, then and you listed off all the things that are <laughs> biblical, but if you don't put the biblical in front of it, it you know, no reasonable person would say, no, I don't want that. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, let's face it, too, under the, the term religion, there has been more divisiveness in a lot of ways, too, because mm -hmm. of that religious thing. Um, here's the beauty of it. Um, I honestly don't care if you're a religious person or not. I think that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> Thou think, shalt not judge, right? Yeah, I, I think, it, yeah, judge as you want to be judged. Mm -hmm. uh, love as you want to be loved. Uh, treat others the way you want to be treated. In fact, why don't you treat others better than you want to, you know, to, to treat, treat mm -hmm. others better than you, than you want them to treat you. Um, 
the, the Declaration of Independence clearly states that there is a creator God and the creator God gives us certain unalienable rights. And it says among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Um, unalienable is a really interesting word there. And what that means is these are rights that can only be given to a human being by God. They're not given by any other human being. They can't be taken by another human being. You can't give them away. Uh, and they certainly don't come from government. Uh, in fact, hmm. that was the purpose yeah. of the Declaration, is to, is to demonstrate that the rights of a human being come from God, not from government. And among these is the right to life. It's the right to liberty. And liberty is different than freedom. Freedom is to be delivered from something. Liberty allows you to go pursue something once you've been freed. And then uh, the pursuit of happiness, uh, initially, of course, it was the right to pursue property, uh, which the socialists hate, you know, because by 2030, we're not going to own anything, they say, and we're going to be happy about it. No, that's not true. We're going to fight that to, to the end. Mm -hmm. um, but to pursue happiness. But the, the phrase there for happiness comes from... Um, uh, philosophical basis says it's not just what makes you happy it's a happiness that is a result of pleasing God and respecting other people so the fact that you're a conservative libertarian um, versus someone who says I'm a conservative Christian or I'm a, uh, a liberal Christian or whatever the, whatever the religious term is mm -hmm. I think it's the Christian foundation of our nation that says we will fight for your right to have that belief of conscience. Mm -hmm. Whereas the socialist side is going to say, we're going to fight for the right to control your conscience. We're going to fight for the right to control you. As long as you acquiesce to our demands, you are a useful person to us. But if you don't acquiesce to us, we have no use for you. And, and socialism and communism was the number one killing machine of the 20th century. Way more than the Nazis. Way more than the Nazis. <laughs> still, so, still today. Yes. China, North oh, Korea. Boy. <laughs> so, so, you know, there, there are so many tracks that we could go from here, but if there's anything I, I guess we want to leave with your listeners for right now, um, I'd like to encourage your listeners to consider getting engaged at least in a few things one is make sure you register to vote if you haven't registered to vote please don't do same-day registration please don't vote by mail please go face to face uh, make sure you get your voters card because in Minnesota there are no provisional ballots and what that means is that a lot of illegal votes get certified as legal because we don't have a provisional system. We don't have time to, to talk about that right now. But that can is you, something that's very you, important. Can you do a quick overview? Quick overview says this. If, if you have same-day registration, it's the federal law that says you must provide provisional ballots. There's only three states that have exemptions. Minnesota is one of them. And that means if you are an unregistered voter, you show up on election day and you want to register to vote, your vote will go into a pile and be certified as legal and valid before the Secretary of State's office determines whether or not you really are a legal and valid voter. And in previous elections here in Minnesota, we've had tens of thousands of ballots in every election that kick back to the Secretary of State that were same-day registrations that are illegal ballots, but because we don't have a provisional ballot structure, they got counted as legal anyway and they can't be changed. That's an issue. Wow. Okay, that, that's a great way to cheat. So. So, number one, please do things legally, get registered, and show up and vote. Uh, it's important that we show up and vote. And we're going to have people here in Minnesota that are going to say, if we don't have election integrity, um, how are we going to, you know, why should we vote anyway? Well, that's exactly what the other side wants you to do, is just not show up. We need to show up en masse, and I don't care right now who you vote for in terms of, um, the, the fact is you need to vote, do that. Number two. Before you vote, please understand this is never about a person or personality. It's about a party platform. Mm -hmm. If you want freedom, if you want liberty, if you want constitutionalism, if you want the right for people to worship God publicly or choose not to worship God, if you want those kind of rights, 
then you need to read the platform so you can understand who supports those values and those rights. And and in a nutshell, right now, the Democratic Party, because they're a socialist, they do not support freedom, they do not support liberty, and they do not support the Constitution of the United States. So find somebody else to vote for. It's probably not the legalized marijuana crowd either. <laughs> uh, you might be a Democrat out there stewing, or you might be a libertarian out there right now stewing at my words, when I'm going to tell you this, the only way that you're going to be protected in this election, in it, emphasis on this election, is get Republicans in the office to actually flip some of the, the laws that are creating the mess in the state that will protect your families and your freedoms and then hold those people accountable to make sure that they support the Constitution of the United States. And if they don't, vote them out of office next time around. You're not going to get that with the Democratic Party. You're not going to get it with the legalized marijuana crowd. You're not going to get it with the green people. Um, there's a lot that you're not going to get it in this election. I just got to emphasize that. Um, we, we are battling for the soul of our nation. We said that the last two elections. It's still true. You've got to determine by platform who best represents your values and vote platform. That's a good point or a good phrase about how I and and maybe you have thoughts on this um, because every year we're told or every two years and especially over four years we're told that this is the most important election of our lifetime and and it kind of it kind of uh, occurred to me lately that I like I started really paying attention to all of this and I've. Uh, I've said this uh, numerous times that I'm just a total stooge of Victor Davis Hanson. Good mm. uh, guy to be a stooge of. Yeah, I just absolutely <laughs> love him. Um, on his uh, quick side note of self-promotion that I'm uh, that's not below me to do. Uh, trust me, ask anyone that knows me. Um, it's they, your radio show. You're good to go. <laughs> they uh, they read my review on one of his podcasts at the very end. Sweet. Uh, October no November 25th of last year if you go find the show on that date they read my entire That's review awesome. yep I was pretty pumped yeah. I was on top of a roof at work as an iron worker um but so I started getting really getting involved uh not as nearly as much as I am now but in 2016 obviously because that was where yeah. the big orange devil was here to destroy everything. Uh, it yeah. didn't quite happen. It nope. seems as though everything that was promised under him, uh, you know, world wars, uh, crashing economy. This is, uh, I mean, <laughs> moving the moving the uh, embassy to Jerusalem was going to create uh, an absolute catastrophe of radical Islam uh, <laughs> overwhelming us and killing us all. Um, I mean, there was a new catastrophe for every day of the week. Uh, seems as though it didn't happen. Seems as though a lot of the things that were promised then are happening now. Um, but to the phrase of it's the most important election, how do you how do you keep people from going, yeah, you said that last yeah. time? That's a tough one. Uh, but let's think about what happened the last time or what's happened since the last time. Um, the, the current, current uh, tide seems to be that Americans are very concerned about inflation. Inflation is up, what, over 40%. So there's a definite hit on our pocketbooks because this administration reversed the policies of the Orange administration, mm -hmm. who actually had us going pretty well. You talk about pumping oil, um, <laughs> gas prices, those kind of things. Um, the other administration kind of had this country flourishing. Uh, this administration shut us down. Uh, let's go back to 2020 with, with COVID. And regardless of where a person stands on, on COVID, on the pandemic, on do you take the vaccine, not take the vaccine or whatever, all of a sudden we started getting some significant government mandates uh, that were unbeknownst to our nation before. Um, the kind of mandates that cause families to lose jobs, that, that cause business owners to lose their businesses. So lose, people were lose losing everything. Their, yeah, people were losing their livelihoods. They were losing everything. Um, 
and then they were promised a government subsidy a couple times so it would help help you get through um, but how dramatically have people's lives been altered and changed because a government policy that took away our freedom how about a governor at least here in minnesota who kept giving one illegal unethical immoral unconstitutional executive order after another that couldn't be stopped because in minnesota the way it works is both uh, both sides of the House and the Senate have got to agree to stop it rather than than to agree to let it go. And and the the, the chambers are split in Minnesota. Uh, you've got the, the socialist side in the House and you've got the Republican side in the Senate. And the Republicans tried to stop it from the second order. You know, this was supposed to be a two-week, let's flatten the curve thing. Uh, Another it, phrase that just... That went you... nowhere because... Three weeks into it, Secretary of State Steve Simon comes in and says, we need to change all, all of our election laws for November because of the lockdowns. Well, wait a second. This is only going to be a two-week lockdown. And he did an illegal consent decree that the Eighth uh, Circuit Court of Appeals eviscerated him on, but he still got away with it because, because our illustrious attorney general would not go after him. Uh, he, I just thought of yeah. Orwellian uh, the, uh, um, Ministry of Truth. Yeah, there you go. Uh, during that COVID, I remember sitting in my kitchen in South St. Paul, eating breakfast before work, and I had watched the local news. I think I was watching Fox 9 or something, uh, or yeah, one, one of the local ones, but it was at the very beginning of the two weeks, two weeks to flatten the curve. You know, everyone, every, what, what was the other phrase? We're in this together. No, we're not. We're, we're all in this. Everyone else in the government is not in this because you're all safe with everything. Uh, but it was the, at the beginning of the two weeks to flatten the curve. And then I remember, I don't even think the two weeks were up yet. And on that same morning show, whoever it was said, it's too late. And I was like, well, wait a minute. You told us this was two weeks to flatten the curve and the two weeks aren't up yet. And now you're telling us that it's too late to flatten the curve and we got to go another direction. And I'm like, that's absolutely, absolutely uh, Orwellian and just yeah. changing, changing, uh, changing well, the meaning of everything. Exactly. And, you know, in 2018... Um, I went through some very specific um, national security training uh, in education so that I, uh, I'm not going to go into detail with that here, but we were told in 2018. Let me pause it. Then you can go into detail. By all means, get into detail. National okay, so security. in 2018, going through the special national security training, we were told that there would be an event that would set off an insurrection against the United States in 2020. <laughs> that event, it so turned out, was uh, George Floyd. Now, regardless of where anybody comes down on how that was handled, I'm not here to talk about that. Mm -hmm. The point is, Minneapolis went up in flames, and our governor was nowhere to be seen for three or four days. Um, he, was, he was hiding. He did not execute his job as a leader of the state, and the city burned. But on top of that... Think of all the other major metropolitan areas in the country where all of a sudden pallets of bricks and pallets of bottles of water were showing up because they'd been stored somewhere for the pre-planned insurrection to happen. And they happened in sync with one another as a result of that event. That was the event. Now, whether that event was meant to trigger it or not is inconsequential. It simply did. Mm -hmm. It triggered that insurrection against the United States. I was on a national security briefing when we got called by an FBI agent on the street in DC who said, pallets of bricks and pallets of water have just arrived. It's a half a block long. This was planned. Now, let's go to January 6th. I didn't even have to give the year for that one. Let's go to January 6th, the, the storming of our Capitol. It was, it was the same people, I believe, who stormed the Capitol who were doing the riots in the streets. It, it was 
a planned event to make it look like the conservative right. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this particular point in time, uh, we have got to understand the depths to which evil will go. And we have just been too nice. Uh, we have not been willing to stand up and expose evil. We've not been willing to stand up and root out the evil and replace it with that which is true, just, and right. Um, we either do that now or how much further down the road of destruction will our nation go? Inflation, crime, how, what's crime been doing? <laughs> Education, and uh, what, what's happened now, another hot button is what SCOTUS just did with Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the hot button issues right now. And it's our opportunity to either restore some, some semblance of sanity or the inmates are going to continue to run the asylum and they're going to run the asylum right into the ground. That's Dale's opinion. Mm-hmm. And the wonderful thing about this country is that you still barely are allowed to have that well, at least you've given at least you've given me the opportunity oh. to give that to your listeners no yeah, yeah that's right? uh I, I you know when it comes to all that what's so ridiculous is that you know well a great meme is uh, or i've heard because i'm not on facebook i'm not on any social media right. because it's the absolute collapse and downfall <laughs> of the world um, but I need to get all new conspiracy theories because all of mine came true. <laughs> and uh, it, Apparently they weren't a theory. And it just seems like over the past two years, there have been things where you go, it just, it doesn't make sense, but it makes sense in the way that it almost, it just feels like everything was too convenient. And I think that's, yeah, so. Uh, There's an agenda, it's planned, it's evil, and we have to stop it. Agreed. And this is coming from someone who is not particularly religious, but there are some very scary things going on on the opposite side of the aisle. So let's all link arms and start standing up to that evil so we leave a nation for our children and our grandchildren that we really want them to have. Yep. Yep. And that is what I'm trying to be more than just a, a lump on a, a lump on a log out here yeah. uh, in Wright County, but it is a uh, time to head to karate with the little one. Here so Dale, thank you so much for coming by. Yeah, you are welcome. welcome. Thanks for having me, Daniel. You are welcome. Anytime. All you have to do is say, let's do another one. Let's do another one. Let's okay. get, we'll get it on the calendar. Uh, so that will be all for us at Logical and Right. Uh, keep it logical. Keep it right. Right County. Rock and roll.